Thank you so much for watching us today. I'm Nathan Thompson. I'm the host of The 195. And today I'm joined here with Christine, uh, the CEO of Gallivant. And she is on track to reach all 195 countries in the world. Um, one of the few people in history to ever do so. And one of those countries includes the one that we're going to talk about today, Afghanistan, a country we've been at war with for nearly 20 years, ever since September 11th, 2001. So thank you for joining, Christine. Nathan, thank you. And uh, so tell us, how, how did you end up going to Afghanistan? What, what took you there in the first place, other than being on track to, to hit all the countries? Well, you know, on my journey, Nathan, to the 195, I'm actually trying to make a difference in this world. And while, of course, it's incredibly impressive to say that you've been to all 195 countries, when I'm done with my journey, I want to say I've contributed in some way to our world. And I was with a client, Concordia, which is this incredible community that does a conference several times a year around the world. And they also have one in New York for the United Nations. And I was with them in October of last year. And I told them about my quest to go to all 195 countries. And they said to me, have you been to Afghanistan? We know that you've done a lot of work with the empowerment of women and development of women. And there is a university and there's this incredible woman, Leslie Schweitzer, who is the chairman of the university that you absolutely have to meet each other. And that is how it started. And I can tell you, I was very nervous about going to Afghanistan because it's one of the most dangerous countries in the world. Kabul is one of the most dangerous cities and it's also an active war zone. But the truth is, is that in this journey to the 195 and in this journey to making a difference in our world and improving the situation for either women, children, families, people around the world, it's not always going to be easy. And so I put my big pants on and I called up Leslie Schweitzer, who is the chairman of the university. She was handpicked by Laura Bush. And Laura Bush, back when her husband was president over September 11th, and he mobilized troops to go into Afghanistan, she quickly saw that, yes, military force obviously was necessary when we were attacked in New York, but she saw that there had to be change and that change would come through education. And so over a period of five years, she had selected a group of people led by Leslie Schweitzer, who is this incredible force in Washington, DC. And Leslie has been the chairman of the university. She's been a huge part of the success. She's a huge promoter and supporter of women and the empowerment of women and education. And I talked to her and told her about my quest and what I wanted to do. And before I knew it, they asked me to guest lecture at the university and to also bring awareness to this incredible program that they have created and all of the achievements and success, as well as challenges they've had at AUAF. So you go from just visiting, uh, you know, not to say knock it off the bucket list, but one of these countries of 195 to then being asked to be a guest lecturer um, at this amazing university. And, and, and you said you talked about some of the conflict there. But especially going as, as, as a woman, which let's, in Afghanistan, part of the culture, 
um, women's rights aren't exactly a thing. What was that like? What was your experience getting off of that plane, going to this dangerous university in a new country as a woman, here now as a woman of power, going to guest lecture at a high-ranked university? Well, first off, they had pulled all the journalists when I went to Afghanistan because the U.S. and the Taliban peace talks had completely broken down. And so not only was it the most dangerous country to visit in the world before this, it was the most dangerous time to visit. And so in order to get there, I had to go through a number of approvals through the State Department and the university had to support me in order to be even to cross into that threshold as an American. But pretty much what I was told was that if something happened to me, I would be on my own. Oh, nice. Good. There you and go. So no pressure whatsoever. Not <laughs> at all scary. Arriving as a woman into Kabul with Leslie, who is also a woman. And so we were two women arriving in Kabul together. And I was taking that flight from Dubai over to Kabul. And the first sight of Afghanistan was the most mountainous region I've ever seen in my life. Hmm. And that gave me the perspective on Afghanistan as to why we have been at war with them for almost 20 years, why the Russians were in war with them. The topography is such that it is so impossible to get around the country that people could be, the Taliban hides everywhere. They're represented in 40% of the districts in Afghanistan. And so it's just been incredibly hard for the U.S. to be able to navigate. And the U.S. and the Russians, it's 40 years. There's actually a documentary right now that if you are interested in the history of Afghanistan and what's happened over the course of the 40 years, it's called The Longest War. It's on Showtime. Um, it's this incredible documentary about what's happening in Afghanistan currently. And it just talks about the people who've gone in there. And every single person who's gone in there as an American has risked their life. And that is essentially what I did when I went into an active war zone with Leslie. But to me, the calling was so much more compelling because it gave me a chance to go into this university that is started out with 50 students, one of whom was a woman, 49 guys, one woman, one gutsy chick, yeah, no at this kidding. university in 2006, they've grown to over 1,700 part-time and full-time students. The, the, the school has about 48%, 47% women. The rest are men. So they've gone from one to now 47, 48%. They have more Fulbright scholars that have come out of the university than any other university in the world which is astounding. And they are now the Harvard of the region, the hardest school to get into. That children cross, the kids, these young adults cross these war regions, these borders, they risk everything in order to have this education at a place that is a massive target for the Taliban. In fact, AUAF was attacked in 2016, brutally attacked, six hours of gunfire in the school, dozens wounded and killed. And that is what these children, that's what these young adults risk in order to make Afghanistan a better place and bring it into the future. So this is a place where over, I wanna say so over 60%, 65% of the population is under the age of 25. 
of Afghanistan. And with that, that is, means that this country is prime for a change. People don't want the Taliban in power, but because they have such a strong foothold and it's so darn difficult to track them down, they have, the US has recently entered into peace talks, whatever that means. Um, and it's, it's a very, it's one of those situations where is it a winnable war? I don't think so. The only way you win this war is not by military force, you win it by education. And, and you got to be a part of that. How, how long were you there as you were speaking at, as a guest lecturer at this university? I was there for four nights for five days. And I lectured on entrepreneurship because, as you know, I started this company almost nine years ago. And here we are at Gallivant. And I was able to speak about building a business, creating a business plan, being able to finance your business. And I can say that these young adults at the university, they are so passionate about making Afghanistan a better place. And whether that is just to be able to open a restaurant that people can go to, because there, there are not a lot of real restaurants that are nice to go to. Like there's a lot of fast casual. Kabul is absolute utter chaos. You land in Kabul, you leave the airport, and it is like just packed people in the streets. It's the only major capital city in the world without a modern sewage system. It is a pretty vibrant, just, it's, it's quite extraordinary to see the spirit. There are not a lot of women walking around the streets, though maybe it's become better since the six, seven months that I've been there. I keep in touch with my students and they're actually going out now for lunches, for cafe, like, you know, for like little coffees. But whether it's like people wanting to create nice restaurants or people can really congregate and sit, or whether it's infrastructure, like someone wanting to do something with a job board it, to create the LinkedIn for Afghanistan so that people could have better access to the job opportunities there. They were so passionate. It was one of the most just engaging and inspiring sessions in my time there. Plus the time I also had to mentor the, the women's scholarship winners. And that was, to me, that was one of the best things that I, I've ever been able to do and greatest honors of, of my life. And I still keep in touch with these women. I was supposed to go back there this spring, but with the pandemic, unfortunately, not traveling. They are also, just like Harvard, just like all the Ivy League schools here in the United States, they have the same challenge. How do we keep our students safe? And so they've locked down the campus. They're doing distance learning. And hopefully I'll either do a distance learning course or really my heart is there that I can't wait to go back. And so just like in, in any war, whether you fight it with military or in, in this example with education, it's obviously that something that can't be won in a day um, or a year or several years even. It takes time. So what, what is, is, is next for you in Afghanistan? What role will you be playing with this university in the future um, other than a few uh, guest lectures? What, what, how do you hope to, to be a part of that change? I want to fundraise for the university. I know that right now it's the pandemic. We are all very internally focused, which is where we should be. We need to keep ourselves safe. We need to keep our families safe. But this is a university that is really a matter of national, our national security. 
And without creating these opportunities to educate these leaders of Afghanistan, the future leaders of Afghanistan, you go back into this cycle where the Russians couldn't succeed. So far as Americans, this is our legacy, AUAF. I want to fundraise in order to keep this university open. And really a lot of the costs of this university have to do with security. Because when the university was attacked in 2016, and this is still a major, major target for the Taliban and for ISIS, like it's not just the Taliban, it's ISIS and other terrorist organizations that target this university because it's an American university and there are American teachers there and there are Americans who, you know, the president of the university is American. So I want to fundraise for this university because they actually make a difference. And this is a matter of our national security. So we don't have another September 11th. We're all very focused on this pandemic right now, but this is ongoing. We have to refocus at some point and will like this pandemic is going to work itself out. So, you know, my, my, what's next for me there. And I hope as long as they'll have me, I would love to, to come back to lecture. I would love to continue to mentor these incredible women to help them as they become Fulbright scholars and to help them with their, with whatever resources they're going to need in order to make their dreams come true. And so that they're able to go back to Afghanistan and actually make that difference. So fundraising is really key right now. This university is not going to fund itself. And they have a number of scholarships that they give out as well to, to women and to young men. So I, I think it's just critical to support them through fundraising. Thank you so much. And thank you for joining me today and talking about that experience. I know it's, it's personal and, um, and it, it sounds just nerve wracking. I, it's, it's one of those things I imagine you on the plane from Dubai, most people are scared their plane's going to crash. You're in a position where you're afraid of what happens when you land. Yeah. Which is such a unique situation. Um, so we will put up different ways that people can donate in the show notes. So if people do want to support you, um, they'll be able to go donate. Um, thank you so much again for joining me and for everybody listening. Thanks for listening and, and please tune in next week where we'll talk again about uh, one of the amazing destinations that Christine will take us to. Thank you.